you actually don't know anything about that. And so yeah. it's part of the equation, it's just not where the equation starts. Today's show is sponsored by winthehourwintheday.com, where we help you, the entrepreneur, stop working so hard. Check us out, winthehourwintheday.com. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. We've got something really special coming up. It's called the Working Hard Sucks and it's costing you money masterclass. You don't want to miss out on this. I'm telling you, it's stuff you've never seen before. Check out the show notes. You really don't want to miss out. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day. I am your lucky host, Chris Ward. Why am I lucky? Ah, Janine Liston is in the house better known as the pricing lady. So this is something we have not attacked so far, but I'm really eager to dive into this conversation. Oh, there's so much that we could talk about. Janine, let's just hop right to it. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me here. Hi, everyone. So Janine, you got all these credentials. I could list them and I know they mean a whole bunch of stuff in your industry, but let's just dive to it. Let's just talk about what is it you think are the biggest mistakes we all make when it comes to pricing? Okay. So the first mistake I think that people really make is that they don't actually believe in the prices they're charging. Okay. And that is probably the thing that holds them back the most, because if you don't believe that you're charging the right price, how can your customer believe it? Okay. So you think they're undervaluing themselves? Sometimes it's undervaluing themselves. And sometimes it's just that, you know, pricing isn't something anybody ever pulls you aside and teaches mm. you how to do. Right. Like right. riding a bike, you know, dad or mom taught you how to do that with a kid. Well, nobody does that with pricing. So you're doing something that you have no information on how to do it. And of course, then it feels really uncomfortable. And okay. then you're unsure of the whole thing, right? Right. So where does one start? Because you can often say whether you're new in your business or let's say, you know, we're always evolving, right? Mm -hmm. um, my whole thing with when the hour, when the day, it's, you know, getting to your, what is next? What is next? What is next? And moving there really effectively and efficiently. So there's always a, what is next? You're always going to be, oh, I've never done this before. And how much do I price? There's always expansion. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing that, what are the variables we put in play? Like, okay, am I looking at the marketplace and compare myself to others, but I've, you know, I'm doing this differently. Am I new at it? Where do we even begin other than looking at the ceiling and saying, okay, what can I stomach? <laughs> Great question. So I always say pricing is rooted in a deep understanding of the customer because this is where pricing starts. Mm -hmm. Your pricing should be related to the value people get from it. And the only person who determines what the value is, is the customer in the end. So they're the ultimate judge and jury of the value that you deliver. So if you're not clear about who you're really targeting, then it's hard to set a price because you can't really understand the value from their perspective. So it has okay. to start with understanding them. And the mistake people make, service businesses tend to go to the competition 
right. see what they're doing and then say, oh, I'll price a little bit lower than that. Right. But they don't know if that business is successful or not. They don't know if they're right. targeting the same group. You actually don't know anything about that. And so yeah. it's part of the equation. It's just not where the equation starts. Okay. That's a really good point. And that could umbrella every discussion because we all, so many of us have said, well, they're doing this, they're doing that. And you're right. We don't know what's going on. We don't know where they are in their journey, how much experience they have, or that they will be out of business in six months. We don't know that. No so, idea. okay. <clears throat> when you're looking then at pricing saying now, I, I have no problem experimenting with pricing. I've done that where, you know, I'm like, okay, they were so close, but they thought it was like two or three people now have told me that's a bit steep or that's this or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then let's play with the pricing and adjust it and stuff. So I see it as a breathing thing that we're always fin finessing and playing with. Um, what are some of your, you know, what do you recommend as far as starting point or how to adjust? Right. So you're right in that it's, it's not... I think one of the, what am I trying to say here? One of the myths that people have around pricing is that they just set a price and then they're done, mm. right? But pricing is actually a way of being in your business. It's about making good business decisions. And I had this con uh, conversation with a client today where you know she's like, should I offer this early bird discount? And I ran her through the logic for that. Well, is it a good business decision? Why are you doing it? Are you doing it to be nice? Then it's probably not such a great business decision. Are mm. you doing it because you want to know in advance if enough people will book so that you can cancel before the event, before you have to pay money for the location? Then it's a better business decision. So mm. it's about being able to make better decisions in your business. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes you have to throw it out there, test it, see what happens and be in a position to adjust. But again, so, if you, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, no. So we're, it, it sounds like there's this bridge between pricing and sales. Like, I guess I would think, well, how do I know? You have to be, I guess, confident in one or the other to know, okay, so I've tried this a couple of times. It's not my sales. I mean, we could all improve on sales. We could talk about that all day long. But how do we know when we go, all right, I dropped the ball in the sales you know, capacity, or I think it's a pricing issue. I guess we're all here about, I'm always big that when people listen to the show and, and one of the biggest compliments I get from a lot of our reviews, and thank you everyone for the reviews. <laughs> I read every single one of them. Um, thank you so much. And what they like is, you know, solid takeaways. And right. this is such a, a an important conversation. Mm -hmm. And yet, how do we talk to people about pricing when they're all, when you guys are out there and you've got different products with different pricing and different experiences, like how do we, what's the, how do we really do something that we can sink our teeth into with that? Okay. So trying to understand what, what it is you really want here. I think, okay. So part of your first, the first part of that question was how do we know if it's a problem with my selling skills or my marketing skills or my pricing skills? And, and part of the challenge is that they're all, you know, they're all connected, mm, right? Right. So it's, it, you can't necessarily always isolate one from the other. It's kind of like the knee bone is connected to the thigh bone. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Your pricing is when it's, when it's one way that you can identify that it's not going right is you're working too hard and you're simply not making enough money. Yeah? Okay. 
that's one one aspect. So there's there's lots of different signs that it can be related to pricing. Now, if you're positioned, uh, if we do something called a value map, so this is a okay. more concrete tool. Let's say okay. there's a value, and it's a plot of this is the price. This is the value from the customer's okay. perspective, and I'm here and my competition is here. So where okay. are you on that map? And if you see you're delivering great value at a low price compared to everyone else, then you're probably underpriced. Okay. All right. So let's yeah. unpack that a little bit. Okay. So yeah. what you're saying is this, because it, it is hard for me to wrap my brain around where price and sales separate. So what you're saying is, okay, you're achieving your goals. You're, that's fine. And you've, you've got business coming in and you're happy with that. But what you're saying is you're still having to work too hard for like you, you, you know, dreams are being fulfilled. X amount of clients or customers are coming in, mm -hmm. but you're still hustling. And I've been in that situation where I realized, oh my heavens, it's, it's much as work to do product A, it is product B and product B, you know, is, is far more lucrative. Like it's a bigger ticket item. So why am I over here with product A? Because it's the same amount of onboarding and all this other stuff. So what you're saying is the pricing is, you can know it's an issue when you look and say, I'm still really working hard, jumping through hoops, but I'm, I'm getting the business I need. And yet the profits and everything aren't there. So I, for the amount of work and value I'm providing, I'm undercutting myself. Yes, that's one sign. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Give Absolutely. us another. Another example. Well, and what goes hand in hand with that often is resentment. Okay. If okay. you're starting to resent your customers, okay, because um, you feel like you're working too hard and not earning enough, that's another sign, definitely, that you're not charging enough. Right. Okay. So they're starting because now in the little voice that's less kind in the back of your head, they're asking for something. You're thinking, I'm doing all this stuff for you. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So there we go. Internal dialogue check. Okay. We've yeah. all been there. <laughs> and then understanding, I know one of the things you talk about is understanding profits equal growth, not greed. Yes. And, and I think what happens you know, depending where you are in your journey, whether, you know, even if you're just trying a new product, you get, sometimes you get so grateful, like, ah, oh, I really wanted to help more people in this area. And so then you're underpricing yourself again, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. This is something I see all the time and it comes in many forms. I hear it as I want to be fair. I hear okay. this all the time, especially from women. I want to be fair or your social entrepreneurs, who are doing social enterprises. I wanna be fair, I wanna do the right thing. And that's noble and I'm not saying you shouldn't. However, especially when you're starting a business, it's hard to sustain a business if you can't be profitable from the start, right? Yeah, so you have to almost take care of yourself first in yeah. some ways before you can be there for other people. It also means you may need different revenue streams you know, mm -hmm. one revenue stream may support your business financial, financially, and another one may give you the love that you, you know, the, give you the thing that you love to do. And so pricing is very much related to those revenue streams because revenue is the price times the volume, right? So you have to understand that in order to, to understand that business model. So I think, you know, that's one of my... Uh, not pet peeves, but I'll hear that from somebody that does what they deem to be, I don't know, uh, noble work. Like maybe they're in the health industry or acupuncturist or even massage therapist or somebody. And they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, I really just want to help people. I'm not worried about the money. Well, you know, you can help way less people when you're broke, right? And if you really want to help people... <laughs> Here's how you can help people. The, the people that are making the biggest impact in helping others usually have pretty fat 
you know, wallets, right? They're like, oh, let me give to here and give there. So that's not an excuse. I, I really think that's just, you know, compromising for something you're insecure about. So I think what you're saying here, and this is a really important point, the pricing is the oxygen to the business. Like it's the money. And we all talk about sales whenever we can. And sometimes we don't even, sometimes you're like, oh, I'll just go out and talk as fast as I can and try to convince them. I mean, actual sales strategy is a whole nother discussion where I think we mm -hmm. often neglect that, but you're right. I've, I've, you know, I've been doing this for quite some time and no one really addresses pricing when to adjust, when to, you know, bulk up, what to do. So, okay. So, so we're, uh, if go I ahead. Mean, yeah, of course. I always liken pricing is to profit, like iron is to blood. Oh. So have you ever, I know a lot of you out there have had low iron. Yes. <laughs> and yes. how does it make you feel? Lethargic, right. Okay. Right. Yes. And you're struggling yes. for everything yes. and you can't, you don't a have dizzy. Easy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do you know you just yeah. kind of disoriented and, and you're not yourself. And okay. it's the same way when your price isn't positioned correctly, you mm. have a, a profit deficiency in your in right. your business because you can't ever get enough energy behind the profits to be able to reinvest into that business, to be able to serve your customers better. And certainly it'll be harder for you to be there in the long term without an infusion, if you will. <laughs> right. That was <laughs> everybody drop the mic. Okay. This is really powerful stuff. So I think what's happening is in my obsession, I always want everyone, you guys out there, when you listen, listening to the show to stop what you're doing and then really if something you can implement. And I'm always a little nervous. And I, I said that to Janine when she we were talking, I'm like, mm, what can you give them as solid takeaways? Because I, I never want things to be in theory. But I think the message here, I think the spotlight that we're putting on pricing is the takeaway because we just we just don't talk about it. We skim over it. So you guys, if you learn nothing today, you just understand that, ah, oh, we're it's, I don't even, you know, it, it, like Janine's example, you know, you're not feeling well, you've got low energy, you're a little dizzy, then don't look at, I don't know how tight your shoes are or what your sweater is. You know what I mean? You have to look at the iron in the blood. So I think we could run around my mm -hmm. other obsession in life is why I feel so bad when people are chasing the wrong thing. You know, I always say, look how much work I put into doing the wrong thing. So we're running around chasing all these things. What am I doing wrong? But it could be pricing. And we, and there, it's just not a, a conversation that's commonplace. It's not something out there every day you see or hear about. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting is it is the biggest profit lever a business has. Okay. So there are only four things that affect profitability in a business okay. price volume, fixed costs, and variable costs. That's mm, it. Okay. That's the only math that there is are those four things. Okay. And price has a bigger impact because if you get 10 more, let's say you charge $10 more for what you're offering, that $10 is profit, pure profit goes direct in mm. your pocket if you want it to, right? Right. But if you reduce your cost by $10, it doesn't all go in your pocket in the same way. Right. So price has a bigger impact, which means two things that if you are slowly eroding your prices, let's say, okay, there's a, a study done by McKenzie years ago about this. And they determined that for this group of companies, they analyzed a 1% improvement in price was an 8% improvement in profits on average. Wow. Let me okay. restate okay. that because it's, yeah. it's 
takes a moment to sink in, but for these companies, a 1% improvement in price was an 8% improvement in profit. So it's not 1% in price and 1% in profit. It actually has a bigger impact than that. Okay. So let me understand. Now I do know when you start cutting your prices, it's a race to the bottom because what you're now doing is you're competing about price, mm-hmm. you know, do the whole Walmart thing. We're not saying the values there. We're saying we're cheaper. So do you want to be competing that you're cheaper or that you're, you know, a valuable service? Mm-hmm. Um, is there a way that if you were talking to somebody that like, let's say you pictured my brain and where they have the math side of my brain was an open window and things fly in and out from there, like the leaves off the street. Okay. So <laughs> how do we go from the 1% in an increase in price, it gives you 8%. Like I know, obviously it's solid math. Can you explain it to a simpleton like me? Um, I have a, I have a tool actually okay, that so, shows so, that, which is the okay. best because, because it depends on the financials of the business, whether it's 6% uh, gotcha. or 12%, okay. right? So this was, they took the S&P 1500. For service-based businesses, the number generally okay. will be a little bit lower than 8%. And volume starts to have a similar impact, but there's a catch with volume that there's a limited number of hours a day for a service business or a number of hours a year, day, month, whatever, right? So there's a limit to how much volume you can increase. So price is still the most significant. Okay. So the lesson here is, first of all, I wasn't supposed to get the math. Okay. So that's awesome. (laughs) I appreciate that. So it's like when they give you a mortgage calculator, oh, I'm not supposed to understand that. Thank you very much. I can move on. So we're not supposed to understand the math. And the whole thing is, I think what you're saying is, I think the lesson there is it's not direct math. So that idea of, oh, well, if I only increase it 10 bucks, it's only 10 bucks. Or if I just decrease it 10 bucks, it's just 10 bucks less in my pocket. It's not, a, it's not you know, that kind of lateral math. It's far more significant than that. It is more significant than that. So okay. that my, the 10 bucks was my way to make it simple because right. if I charge $90 or $100, that is $10. And that $10 does go directly to the profit line. But if it's a cost, it doesn't go directly to profit. Because of the math, it works out differently. But it is is straight up math. It's not financial voodoo. Okay, (laughs) but it's not. (laughs) It is straight up math. It's just too complicated to explain in words. You would have to see. You would have to see. That's fine. That's fine. So Um, let's. Before we move on, let me just say another thing. 100%. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that pricing cuts both ways. Okay. Yeah. So if you're able to increase your price by 1%, we said it's 8% profit. If your prices fall by 1%, your profit falls by 8%. Oh, Oh. yeah. Okay. (laughs) Got it. So sometimes it's not about pushing your prices up. Sometimes for a lot of companies, it's about not letting them erode over time. Okay. All right. That was an aha moment. Funny. Again, I don't know if that shows my, my confidence in how bad my math is, but I don't know why we just thought what went up and went one way and what went down did not go all the way the other way. So this is also all things the same. So we're assuming right. the volume doesn't follow yeah, yeah. that your prices aren't super elastic, right? Yeah. So we're not assuming big volume and cost changes. No, no. We're these are valid. Isolate. Very bad. Yeah. Huge points. Okay. So yeah. let's talk. You also talk a little bit about the psychology of pricing. Mm-hmm. Now, does that tie into the whole, you know, 97 is better than $100? What, where are we going with the psychology? So that's one aspect of it. So okay. there, your prices are constantly communicating. 
both okay. internally and externally, right? So there's the way you think about pricing internal to your company has an influence on what's going on externally. And I can okay. give a great example. I was working for a company years ago and uh, the guys in, in Poland are like, we I went there for a pricing project and they're like, well, there's a price for it's not our fault and we can't do anything about it. And so for mm. years and years, that was their attitude. I would regularly go say, hi, how's it going? You ready for the project? Nope, there's a price war, da, 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 da. We're, we can't do anything about it. And they just sat there for two or three years spinning in this pot of whatever you want to call it, right? right Not yes. actually doing anything different than they'd ever done before. And then one day I found a friend of mine who had started his own pricing consultancy, speaks Polish. <laughs> so I said, why don't you talk to them in their language? Maybe they can understand. And a few weeks later, I got a call from them and they're like, Hey, we've seen it. It's not, we are contributing to this. Right. Okay. And so in that context, they were actually able to move forward and make some changes. They understood their influence, that their attitude internal mm. was actually influencing the situation externally. So that's one aspect of it. Then the aspect that probably people are more familiar with is you know, the number, how we end the numbers, but also every action you take with your pricing is speaking to your customers. And we are the best trainers for our customers and we can either train them for good business behavior or for bad business behavior. Right. Okay. And give me so an example of that. An example of that is okay. Traditionally in say the automobile industry, each of the sales guys has a quota they have to fill each month, how many cars they have to sell. And what happens when you see you're not making the quota at the end of the month, right. you make discounts. Yeah. And then the next month when somebody thinks, oh, you know, maybe I'll wait until the end of the month yes. to see if they offer a discount. And then yeah. it goes on and on and on. You know, You're people so right. wait for Black Friday to do yeah. their shopping. Or the stores that I go to, like a clothing store that I know they wait to the end of the season and they like, I go visit my outfit a couple of times <laughs> because they give such crazy discounts, like 56 and they're known for that. Like, but so like, I'll come back and visit you and yeah. we'll see where you are and I'll come back. So you're right. They're training me to do that. Right. They're like, in a sense. Know. And yeah, I mean, the retail industry, they're the retail industry is very specific in terms of inventory and they're trying to turn over inventory in a very specific way. So yeah. something like sales like that makes sense in that industry. One of the mistakes people make is they actually try to apply those tactics mm. to an industry that isn't turning over inventory, like Black right. Friday sales in service-based right. businesses. Right. To me, yeah. that, you know, it's logically, it's, it's not necessarily the right thing. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'm not even people. I should be paying. I'm now I'm over here visualizing different. I'm drifting. <laughs> I'm no longer interviewing. I'm thinking because I was thinking, well, I was starting to have an argument in my head. I was thinking, all right, first of all, the clothing store I spoke of is notorious. Uh, it's in Canada, Mark's work warehouse. So it's like, you know, everybody gives you, you, yes. If you're prepared to say, Hmm, will that blouse be there come the end of summer? You take, you know, you take your hit and your misses, your losses, but this store is notorious. And they also have this big thing in November, like every, all the time. So you go, Oh, they're going to have this big thing in November. I'll wait. Right. I can be patient. I'll wait. So, but then when everybody else is doing a black Friday sale, hmm, again, uh, hello. I sound like I'm in high school following the crowd mom, everybody else was doing it. Um, 
which by the way, did not fly with her at all. <laughs> That's <just a> <laughs> podcast on its own. Um, so if everybody else is doing the Black Friday, what do you recommend? Well, it depends. Maybe the Black Friday is right for your business. That's right. That's where I go back to it. It's about making better business decisions. And you have to ask yourself, what is the business reason for doing it? If the business reason for doing it is just because everybody else is, it's maybe right. not a business reason. But if you're in right. an industry where a lot of times people do it just because Right. right. Just because everybody else is. But the reality is in your service-based business, you might not actually pull in extra customers by offering that discount. Right. And, right? you know, I'm thinking black, you're just sorry, losing I, money. Right. For me, I would think black Friday, like if you've got an info product, so I wouldn't put my services out on black Friday, but mm -hmm. it's okay to put my info product, the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. because it's not I, like I might take a, you know, I might have less sales, but the output it's created, the videos are made. So it's not costing me time three months from now or anything like that. Like a group on, right. it's not costing me there. Okay. Right. Perfect. And it leads right. into something else, you know, yeah. each product has a different intention. So if I just take a pen, for example, yeah. if I am a producer of pens, uh, if I'm using that pen as the gateway to sell notebooks, I'm going to position and treat mm. that pen differently when it comes to pricing actions. But oh, if the pen okay. is the main thing I'm selling, then right. I might have a different strategy behind the positioning and the pricing actions I take or, or offer with it. Good example. Boys and girls, like, can we all give her a round of applause? <laughs> <laughs> right. Golf, golf clap, golf clap. Okay. All right, Janine, we just have a couple minutes left okay. and you're, man, I, maybe we'll have a part two here. Um, just give us, since we don't know, we don't know. And you've enlightened right. me a lot. You put a spotlight on something that really, I think we all just skipped over and took for granted. Mm -hmm. So give us one last little pearl of wisdom that you'd like uh, us to leave with. Okay. So I think one of the most important things is to understand the value that your products and services brings. And one of the most important questions you can ask is how do I, how do I help my customers reduce risk? How do I help my customers create a competitive advantage? How do I help them improve the quality of their life or what they're offering? And how do I help them create economic efficiency, which is time and money. And with mm -hmm. those four quadrants, if you can quantify that, then you have a number to compare to the price that you're offering to see if the business case makes sense for your customer. Okay, so numbers, are you saying like, uh, if you can, numbers go well with numbers. So when people are working with us, uh, with our private coaching, when they are, win the day, you mm -hmm. know, we help entrepreneurs stop working so hard. We're also now about to do this group coaching thing called the winner circle. You guys want to get in the group for our masterclass. I'm not kidding you. It's awesome. And one of the things my existing clients tell me all the time is they get 25 hours back a week within the first month of working with us. Mm -hmm. And they conservatively save 50,000 a year because there it is. You know, they're getting, they're not paying for vendors and they're not, you know, whatever money, whatever projects you're doing 10, 11 o'clock at night. Also you're charging your, your company way too much money because you should be bringing in money. So if you could bring in a hundred bucks, you're now charging yourself a hundred bucks. But often what happens is they're overpaying for stuff that they need quick and fast at the last minute. So over and over again, they all say it's around $50,000. So these would be obviously really good tools to be tying to my pricing. 
Absolutely. Because it puts your price into context. So okay. if your price tag is 10,000 and they can get 50,000 just in the first year, right? then the business case is really strong. Now, if right. they can, if they're paying 10,000 uh, and you know, the business case is 10,000 in the first year, it's still not a bad business case because right. as long as it's repeatable. So over right. 10 years, they're investing 10,000 and getting a hundred thousand. So when you can, you want to be able to tie it in. Like if you were something that's, you know, it always sounds easy when someone gives an example, because you think, oh, I don't have that. But let's say you were in the health arena and you can say, mm -hmm. look, uh, you know, we want you to, you're purchasing these service for optimum health. Let's take a look at an average prescription, or if you have to go to get a massage at the last minute and pay extra. So tying your pricing into costs, you know, into really sort of into the value. Okay. Right. The value, the value. I'm thinking co the cost of not doing it is the value is also a value. Absolutely. Okay. The cost of doing nothing at all is, and can often be more significant than the rewards that we reap. Yeah, well, awesome. Because we're, yeah, yeah. we're we try to avoid pain as opposed yes. to seeking yeah. um, pleasure. Yes, <laughs> yes. What the gotcha. word was there for a moment? Yeah, we're yeah. still we're so still no, focused on the it, pain. We're stuck there. Yeah, yeah. And it, what's important to understand is you may choose to never share that math with a customer, or you might. Okay. Okay. okay? Some people feel uncomfortable with that, but if you know in the back of your head that they get fifty thousand out of this on average then you feel more confident telling them that the price is 10,000. Right. And you know, confidence is everything. Cause I, I do remember like many years ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth and I started my business. Cause now if you even say five years ago, it sounds like the olden days cause there's apps and things we didn't have before, but like a good 12 plus years ago, you know, in the beginning I might give a price and then it was like, blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> cause I'm like, Oh, <laughs> what? let's see, uh, mumble the price and make eye contact to see if they went, Oh, you're crazy. Right. So <laughs> yeah, that's not a technique. People just spit it out quickly and then look humbled. Not, not a strategy. No. Or they, they go, it's 20,000, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> they no. like ask you the question. Yeah. You say, what's your price? It's 20,000 with the little intonation at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. Yeah. And not. I'm hoping you pay it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I learned what I do is when I give the price, and then I, for me, and there's all, we've had conversations with other sales strategists, but whatever your closing statement is, I often would say, does that seem of value to you? Cause then they can give you something back and say, well, it does, but I can't afford it or whatever. But the secret to me, if you learn nothing else in sales, it's about give it and shut up. Do not talk past the sale. Do not keep talking and convincing and all this other stuff. And I even explain that to my team. Like they'll ask, you know, Evan will ask for something like he wants Friday off for reason. And he's halfway through it. And I say, yeah, no problem. Not a problem. And then he goes on to keep explaining why he wants it off. And I say, don't talk past the sale, Evan. You got it. What, what more, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a human need to justify a lot of times. Yeah. And yeah. that's something, especially in the sales discussion, you want to learn to manage. Um, I always you know, tell people that in a sales discussion, it's more about listening and then delivering key mm. questions or messages at, at the opportune time. But you're right. You deliver it and then sit back and see what their reaction is. Yeah. 
Janine, thank you so much. This has been an absolute treat and you've really navigated us through some muddy and murky waters. Where should people reach out when they want to hear more of your brilliance? Yeah, they can head on over to thepricinglady.com and they'll find all kinds of goodies there, including that tool set that I talked about <laughs> earlier. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And you guys, we'll see you in the next episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to free gift from chris.com that's free gift g-i-f-t from chris k-r-i-s.com we are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it